All right, welcome back to episode four of the Sweet Shots podcast. I'm Lucas Johnson, back alongside Mark Johnson and Chuck Johnson, back from the vacation after a mysterious coincidental vacation out to the uh, Southern Carolina and Murder possibly Beach. the CJ Cup. Where that's up for debate. We're not sure I yet. Might have been there scouting. We were joking with Pat last week that that we thought. There might be something up in the works with the CJ Cup and the CJ from Sweet Shots. Yep. Perhaps. You guys will never know. Well, the results of the of the uh, competition yeah. might indicate that there is a little collusion. That is very true as well. Going I mean, on. Was, there is boots on the ground over there. And we'll get into that a yep. little later when we touch on that. But sure. Pre-show here, when we're talking about it, there's some red flags going on. I'm okay, not sure we're going to be. Uh, we'll keep a close eye on Chuck. So, back in St. Andrews, um, should have a good show today. Uh, coming out a little later. We're doing this a little later than normal. Recording it a little later than normal. So we'll take a an interesting turn on the DraftKings portion of it. Um, but first, get into it. A little local news: uh, North Dakota State University men's golf team out in uh, the Northern Carolina. Um, out in the Outer Banks, Old Dominion's tournament out there at uh, Kilmarlick Golf Club. Uh, those boys, they walked away with the win out there. Ran away with it, wire to wire. And this isn't the first time they've won that tournament. No. Is this- this is, I don't know that it's back to back, but I know that the old team picture is still up in the clubhouse from 2019. And and you won it when you were playing. That was the last year. That oh, we that was 19. Or 20. 20 was COVID. 19. 19. Yep. Yep. 19. Probably 2019. Okay. Yeah. And I'm not sure they even got it last year either. You guys went deep the year you won it. Really deep. Um, and it's not an easy golf course. That's what's, I, I mean. It is. There's a little weather that can roll in. I know our first day, similar to this first day, the weather was terrible out there, by the way, for, I guess you escaped it, Chuck. It looked pretty nice with where you were at. Are they on the coast? Are yep. they right? Oh, yeah. Yep. Outer, Outer, Bank, Outer okay. Banks. Kitty Hawk, kind of in that area. Okay. Were they the origins of flight? Human flight took place? I've heard of it. Like livable human flight. I, I think guys flew before the Wright brothers. Yeah. But the Wright they brothers went up and came down and lived. Well, those guys telephone. couldn't talk about it. Right. <laughs> Couldn't report their findings. <laughs> Hit something hard. Don't want to walk away from it. <laughs> that was the case. Up okay. to those guys. Got it. Anyway, um, yeah, it's a, it's a great golf course. Really loved it. That was the site of one of my most exciting nine holes. You were, Mark, you were there following along. I don't I know if you remember that at all. But that was the infamous par-free back nine. Ooh. Which is hard to do in I, competition. Par-free. All the time. I just did an elite play the other night. Double, double, <laughs> bogey, double. I had a few of those mixed in. I also finished birdie, birdie, birdie. and Nice. And uh, I think I went like bogey, double, birdie, bogey. There's a couple more birdies and bogeys in there. And then birdie, birdie, birdie. Finished. It was an emotional roller coaster for those watching. Mm-hmm. But fun fun to watch. But back to back to NDSU. I mean, yeah. that's just uh, – it's, it's not it's not an easy golf course. They're playing good competition. And they, they played great. I mean, they did. Uh, I mean, it was it was three days of dominant golf. They had uh, like a twelve shot lead at, either after the first or second day. Wow! Um, and that was the first day. It was a downpour of rain. It was it was a storm. They were playing, and, and to walk out of there, the team was under par. They were the only team under par, and they had a twelve shot lead. 
Who uh, medaled? Uh, Nate Adams from nice. from uh, NDSU. So he had a great tournament as well. I mean, the kid kid uh, can flat out play. He's a Pine to Palm champion. Um, plays in the resorters every year as well. Um, I know he's made it deep there a couple times. He's a uh, semifinalist in the, or a finalist in the Birchmont. I don't know if he's won. I can't remember. Well, you look at their but, lineup, and every one of these guys does here what could do you could play number one for the team. I mean, they're interchangeable. They all have. The talent. Yeah. And and that's, you know, credit Steve Kennedy. He's doing a great job. He's he's uh, trying to get best players locally, but he's also pulling guys out of the Twin Cities that maybe uh, had a had a look from a bigger school, maybe Big Ten school, and, and for whatever reason didn't didn't uh, hook on with them. But um, these guys can play. So you had Ian Simonich, uh, you know, Simi's local product, Moorhead. Yep. Um, he shot three under yesterday. I was the, actually the low round on the team. Wow, great um, playing. Gavin Cronkite's been playing some great golf this fall as well. He was one under he, yesterday. He has. He really found it. Yep. He, he's a great player. And Nate was so dominant early on the first couple of rounds that he just threw an even par at him yesterday. One birdie, one bogey. It was good enough to win by how many? Three shots. Yeah, he went He went out five under, five under. One at ten. So, yeah. yeah. And Brock Winner, uh, a couple under yesterday. There's a guy that tied for first at Minnesota Golf Champions, the best of the best in the section. And Brock uh, is, you know, he's capable of playing great. I think the year you guys won out there, he shot 66 the last round. Yeah. His freshman 66 year. 66 or 65 or something like something that. Something low. Yeah. And then uh, Nate Diesel. I mean, Nate's been there forever. He's a Summit League champion. Summit last League year, champion. Individual yep. champion. Mm-hmm. I mean, that guy, he can flat out play too. I mean, all of those guys, it's just the whatever day at a drop of a hat, they can all go out and shoot 65. And that's what we kind of touched on our last show, um, that the talent is all there. The the pieces are in, in place. And it's just you got to peak at the right time and, and take it deep. And those guys can definitely do it. There's not a doubt in my mind. There were seven seven players under par for the tournament. Only seven. Okay. And Nate was 10 under par, winning at 10 under par. He won by three. Uh, a gentleman from Drexel was seven under. Another, uh, Max uh, Hutter from Georgetown was five under. So, I mean, he he almost doubled up number under par versus the, mm-hmm. well, he did, the third third and fourth place uh, competitor. And like I said, Gavin Cronkite, the other NDSU player under par for the tournament, he finished seventh. Mm-hmm. So that's just, that's solid, fantastic playing. By the Bison. Brock, Swan, uh, Brock Winter, uh, 14th. Um, Nate uh, Diesel was uh, T16. And uh, I think we had one other. Ian. You know what? I want to mention, yeah, wherever Ian finished here. Okay. I'm, I missed him. They were all. They, they were, were all. all when you're going to win a tournament, you're all going to be pretty solid. Yeah. I do want a little shout out to uh, North Dakota, University of North Dakota. Had their best showing. At this tournament, I know they've gone a few years. A couple years now. And yeah. there's some local guys playing for UND. Um, they finished 12th. Um, and one round, I, I, that second round, I think they were uh, even par. One of the better rounds, actually, of the of the tournament, of or that day of the teams. And uh, they finished 12th out of 16 teams. But, but at plus 36, they were uh, seven strokes out of seventh place. That's significant. That is. That is. I mean, they're on the right track too. We might have touched on it before, but you know, Coach Schaefer up there is building a nice program um, from having it from having it cut. Uh, what is that now? Four or five years ago to bringing it back, and I mean, it's a upward uh, upward trajectory they're on. That's really good. He's building a nice program up there. 
Grayson Wetch uh, had a nice round yesterday. Grayson's a local product yep. here in Fargo. Went to Oak Grove. Uh, he was two under par yesterday with a with a double on a seven, on seventeen that par three. And the other guys, uh, they're playing better. So hats off to them. They were they were uh, two strokes back at Omaha uh, and Villanova. So they're they're in the mix. They're right there. Yeah. And this is this uh, I believe it's the same for North Dakota University of North Dakota. This was the last tournament of of the fall season. That's what so I was going to ask. The guys, what are, do they got left? They're, that was it. they're going into break now. Yeah. So um, being a NDSU product, I know the guys are going to start getting in the weight room. Yep. Um, hitting the weights pretty hard. Prep for next spring. Prep for next spring. Got um, it. And that's uh, kind of the mentality. There'll be a little break here um, over their their winter break. Um, but a lot of those guys, they go south and with facilities like this now, I mean, you can keep the game, keep mm-hmm. the game sharp. So yeah. great. it's a lot of prep going into into spring season where where the that's when the conference tournament is so you got a peak at the end of spring here coming up it's too bad that you have to that in all all programs do that they break up the season right yeah um it's sometimes it's tricky to get the motor going again in the spring but like you said there's there's opportunities to keep things tuned up and it is i mean they the the practice schedule allows you to kind of get get amped for it i mean around here when you have to start practice inside and you know that you're traveling to the first one, which might be in South Carolina or wherever, there is zero snow. I mean, that gives you motivation to just mm-hmm. be ready because that's that's your chance. That's your chance yeah. to go play some more golf again. So, um, yeah, and not to, not to leave out the women of NDSU, they're down in Hawaii. This is their first time back in, I want to say, like five or six years. Um, they got invited back down to the tournament in Hawaii. It looked like they were playing pretty solid, kind of steady pack. I know uh, uh, Leah uh, – yeah, Leah – what do I want to say, Scar? Is that her last name? Leah Scar? No. I Again, he's the You're the one. bison. I'm the you're, one. Yeah, you're the I young know. one and the bison, so they're in, they're in your fold. I can speak of uh, – we had the most decorated bison golfer in the history of bison golf, men or women, in the building this week. Mm-hmm. With our high school girls event that we put on, um, Amy Olson was Amy, here. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, what, what a quality person she is. It was Leah Scar, by the way. I don't know why her last name escaped me. I it had two years with her, but it was Amy uh, gave of her time to come over and speak to uh, a group of young ladies that were that are golfers, uh, North Dakota high school golfers, and we had probably a little over around 50, 50 girls yeah. out for a little fun event and. Uh, Amy talked everything, putting practice techniques to how to deal with disappointment on the golf course. I, th- I thought yeah. uh, she just knocks it out of the park whenever she speaks. She can really connect with the girls. and um, It was really cool to see. I mean, she gave some great insights. I mean, just for – because it is, it is tough around here to be a, 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 an athlete in golf when we don't have that long of a season. And then to see someone succeed yep. like she has – and for her to share that story, yep, you know, that in itself is motivation. Interesting enough, she said she put them away. She put the clubs away in the winter mm. for a period of time, so that and mm. so she was hungry, right? When it came came time towards spring, you start thinking, "Wow, I'm I'm I haven't played for a while. I, I want to get after it." Yeah. Sometimes yeah. if you're grind and you grind and grind, um, yeah. everybody's different, I'm sure. But um, she, interesting enough, put them away for a period of time and would get after it. And she she made it as uh, I mean, basically, uh, almost won a U.S. Women's Open. So she's won at the national level, yep. uh, U.S. Girls Junior. Um, so she obviously made it work for her. So. Yeah, 
She, I think she has the NCAA record for most regular season tournament wins. I believe that's correct. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Impressive. Yeah. I had a chance to listen in. She did a really nice job with those young girls. You could see they were super excited to have her in the building and engaged with them. So, yeah, that was, that was a, that was a fun time too. Um, but moving on into uh, getting into last week's tournament, the CJ Cup. Jury's still out on whether it's a Chuck Johnson Cup. It is. After we go into this, I think it might solve. So off the bat, we're talking DraftKings last week. No cut event. Um, personally, I had taken the statistical route, trying to fill the void that Chuck left when he was gone. So you took the stats role. I took. You put I on took the, the. Yep. Yep. The Gomer visor. I was pencil ready, pushing, I was ready to go. number crunching guy yep. Yep. that Chuck is, and you, and you did ready it. Ready to go. And I went with who's hot. Yep. I'm playing the who's hot card. That's my that's my deal. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say it. Not proud of my team. They did not show up on Sunday. 448.50 was my total. 448.50. That is a distant third behind me. I was 480.50. Mm-hmm. I was riding John Rahm, that bandwagon. Mm-hmm. Um of course, Tom Hoagie just uh, continues continues Solid. to produce. I took a flyer on Ricky Fowler. I, I kind of like what I saw in his game the week before, mm-hmm. shooting sixty nothing, um, and he played played solid. His opener on seventy four, and he had a seventy three. Other than that, sixty six, sixty seven. Yeah, pretty good. Solid. It's in there. I'm telling you, his switch to the cavity backs away from the butter knives and back with his old swing coach. That's a good formula for him. I'm excited for that year. Yeah. Well, this was, I think, the first week that I actually was not in last. I think you yeah. beat me the first two weeks. Yep. Both of you guys did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So, anywho, uh, my total is 534. That's, that's going to win you money in most, in, most formats. Yep. Yep. I was fortunate to come ahead um, in the money. I went with the uh, the winner. I had McRoy on my squad. And we had touched that's, on that last week. And maybe if you were here, you could have defended that point. But... Go through your process in that because he was eleven hundred dollars, which normally you don't see a lot of that. So is there something where it's like, you know, everyone's going to take him, so you might as well have him on your team, or what's kind of the thought there? Yeah, that's a great question. I went with just course history, and he had won it there previous or last year. So I'm going. He likes the course. He's playing well, and I went with. You got to have him. I felt like you had to have him on the squad to to uh, to compete. And then when you look at some of the other guys, I also had Fowler. I thought the price points, even though he was the most, uh, uh, Ricky was, or sort of, uh, McElroy was the most expensive, you could still get some pretty solid guys um, down the line. Mm-hmm. So I had uh, Fowler, Adam Hadwin, who had been playing well coming in. I Hoagie, I went Hoagie. I've learned to have him on my team. And then Tommy Fleetwood and I think he had one round. You turn it on just... again. I was, that was my next question was if we had Tommy Fleetwood because of your U.S. Open horror story. British, if you had British, British Open. Open yeah. British yeah. Open. I, after the yeah, snake bite that I had that time, I should just learn to always have Tommy in my lineup. But and we mentioned that the first episode, I think. So I, you, I believe we did. If you missed that, that guy can get hot. hot. Yeah. Yeah. Tommy can go out and shoot a 61, 62. It's like he now. single-handedly took a couple hundred thousand dollars out of your hands. Yes, he did. In fantasy. Yes, I'd like to say I'm over it. But, but here we it. are. <laughs> Never run into Tommy Fleetwood. So how do you pick between a guy like, so I went with Rom. You know, he won the Spanish yeah. Open the week before. Just, I mean, lapped the field. Yeah. Lapped him. He did open up 
pretty solid, 60, 69, 62, mm-hmm. not a bad couple of days. How do you make a decision between, is it, is it gut feeling bit, with yeah. those guys? Yeah, at that level, a little bit of gut feeling. I mean, if you've got some course history, though, then I always lean okay. on mm-hmm. who's played well there. And we know Rory had. So that's that was really what tipped my hand. But Rom, I mean, you, at that level, when you get those guys that are above, above 10K, that's where it's kind of fun, where make maybe multiple lineups. Right. I was going to ask you, would you do that then? Yeah. Maybe come back if it's, yeah. a, if it's a three lineup limit. Yep. Maybe you throw just a sub- ROM in there. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then if there's another 10K at, you know, if JT or somebody's up there, Justin Thomas, throw him in there. So then you kind of cover your bases, banking on one of those taking guys. On yep. the top guys taking it, which yep. statistically it looked like a lot of those guys could have performed there anyway. Yep. I think obviously hindsight's 2020 and in a no cut event really spending the the higher tier money shouldn't have scared me as much as it did sure because you're like we were saying we can find the value picks again in a no cut event with the more expensive field exactly not having to run that risk of a guy not making that cut right just go with guys that uh i I had jordan spieth was my last guy Mm-hmm. And it just fit in my money model. I'm like, well, Jordan can get hot. And he, he played solid. He was consistently, yeah. you know, nothing too yep. crazy yep. on it. So anyway, I, so, I mean, that, that again, raises the question what the ties are between Chuck Johnson, CJ and the CJ <laughs> cup <laughs> also being in Southern Carolina, South Carolina, uh, at the same time, he obviously, uh, likes, likes the setup over there. We've got, uh, what was it? Dollar twenty-five in our pocket off the quarter. Yep. Um, with the winning lineup in the Sweet Shots podcast, so a lot of good things coming from him uh, out of South Carolina. So yep. Um, Feeling good going into Bermuda Championship, LJ. Yeah, the, the vibes are high uh-huh. going into. The, I think we've each won a week. Yep, we're one one and one. One one one. All right. One. This is where it all so starts. There you go. Um, I I was going to touch on Tom Hoagie's yeah. year so far, and I think this was. Might have been his worst finish of the year right now, T13. He might have had one worse than that. But uh, this week, the purse was $10.5 million. So that means he finished T13 and 900 par. That netted him $189,756 in just one tournament. I think he's over a million. Did you already mention that? I didn't mention that. I didn't know his totals. but Yeah, yeah this year, I think year. he's already over a million. And it's wow. four tournaments in, three tournaments in. Four, I think that's impressive. Good for him. Yeah, he's playing well. So another product where coming out of Fargo, yep. growing up here, you know, you can you can be a okay. You can develop and play really well. So in that field too, though, a T thirteen LJ. I mean, that's there's there's solid, some great names, really good players in that field. So yeah, good for him. Yeah. So the other thing I wanted to touch on, we uh, we made fun of him. I think on our first round, Jason Day. Yeah. We poked fun at his back. Um, but he's creeping up the leaderboards now, all of a sudden. He, he posted a couple good scores. I've got on here, he's possibly maybe back. I mean, is it someone to consider moving I think forward? He's just, yeah, I think it's uh, it's worth at least keeping an eye on. But the, there's there's some narrative there, LJ, around getting on a guy before he becomes hot where mm-hmm. everybody's playing him. Everyone's got him in the line. Yeah, so it's kind of a flyer pick mm-hmm. where I like that. Next time he's in a field, I know he's not in this next one, but... Take a chance. Throw a Jason in there before he's all of a sudden top 10. And then everybody's going to go, oh, yeah, you got to have him on your score. Yep, yep. I saw that too. Yeah, he had a he had a uh, yeah better performance. So. I hope Hopefully so. He's I mean, he's a, great, he's a great guy. Yep. 
I mean, he's and he's fun to watch. Yep. So yeah, hopefully he's passed that back issue again. Possibly, maybe back on Jason Day. We'll we'll see. We'll keep an eye um, on keep an eye on it going going forward. But transitioning into this week, um, Jason Day is not in the field, as is uh, just about any strong notable player on the PGA Tour. This is uh, one of the weakest fields of the of the year. Um, playing in uh, in Bermuda, we're doing the Bermuda Championship, traveling south. Um, interesting golf course here. Um, not the longest, sixty eight hundred yards. Um, I have a part. I've seen par seventy, par seventy one. I think they flip a, a five and four sometimes, depending on the setup. Um, but the course is no pushover because a couple factors I had between the par threes. I think all of them play over two hundred yards long yep. and. And the weather is a huge factor. Wind. Wind. And I've seen in the forecast, we're, some we're looking at some storms. Sure. Okay. Some rain and storms yeah. blowing in. So that's something to to take a look at. Now, I mean, pivoting here, obviously, we're, we're getting the episode out a little late. So folks might not be able to get their lineups in on time, let's see, for the for the full week. Yep. But with DraftKings, talk a little bit about the options we have yep. going forward if we miss the yep. miss the full lineup, yeah, full week lineup. Yeah, good point. So as this goes to the air, if we don't get it out there in time before that Thursday morning lock when the tournament starts, uh, you still have an opportunity to participate in, in DraftKings events. They do daily, which mm-hmm. is one day only. So you could do just Thursday or Hey, I'm going to just throw one in on for the Friday round or the Saturday round. Um, I haven't confirmed if they're doing it uh, this particular event, but they also do a weekend. So you can do just, just Saturday, weekend. Sunday just, okay. as well. With this event and the, the field that they have, they might not be offering that, but those are always options. And I've done some of that where twofold, A, maybe I've overlooked or wasn't didn't get a, a lineup in in time, or Thursday my, my team just was terrible right out of the gate. So I'll throw a new lineup in on a Friday for just the one day. Or just recoup some of that. Yep, and, in hopes. Yep. And it's the same deal. You can find 10 cent quarter up to, uh, you know, buck, five buck, ten dollars, whatever you want to spend. They usually have those denomination events. And then multi-event, uh, you can do those that up to 50 entries or you can do single events uh, where you can have just single entry as well. So mm-hmm. there's options. Um, and I would encourage people maybe try that. Take a flyer on uh, a team for a, a Saturday. It's kind of fun. It kind yeah. of adds to it where you just got that one day. Sure. And now does strategy change at all, right? Because we're looking at, we are looking at, this it, is a cut event. I mean, yeah. after two days, there is a cut. I, the so, strategy there, LJ, is tea times. Mm. So say maybe you're going to do a, a Friday team. Take a look at uh, what those tea times are. And Mark, maybe this is more your guys' world. You guys are the PGA pros, but... If the wind's going to kick up maybe in the afternoon at Bermuda, maybe you want those earlier tee times and just load up on on guys that are playing early. Right. And I played that strategy when I play uh, Torrey Pines. Mm-hmm. Drive kings at Torrey Pines. The wind always blows in the afternoon. The morning tee times definitely have the advantage. Just, just well, the way and it goes. the grass grows. I mean, the polo comes out in the greens at Torrey Pines, mm-hmm. and, and it becomes just difficult. The course changes. Yeah, it does. It just bumpy greens in the afternoon. Um, so that's definitely a strategy to look at. Bermuda, I don't know if, if they have winds that always come up in the afternoon, right. but you look at the forecast Yeah. in general, unless something crazy is going on with the weather. Yeah. Morning tea times. Yep. I think if you look statistically at the tour, the, the numbers are lower in the morning. morning. They yeah. are. And how about that weather event too? That's another thing. LJ, yeah, I know saw weather's it. coming in Friday. I think Friday was the, was the weather. 
So is there some narrative around, and I've heard this, again, you guys are the pros, weather comes in later, maybe it's, it's a rain event that softens up the course, softens oh, yeah. up the greens. Yep. Maybe that is an advantage for some. And um, at this golf course, being a shorter golf course, already benefiting the long hitter. Yeah. Plus you get some part, some of the par fours turn into drivable with the right wind. Sure. And as soon as you start making that course softer, right, guys can become more aggressive, especially off the tee, yep. because they know their ball's not either going to run off into the water or into the hazard. So, um, yeah, something to watch out for there, especially with, you know, if we're looking at dailies, mm-hmm. you know, Saturday after mm-hmm. after a rain, looking at long hitters, because the shorter guys, they're not going to get the rollout that normally sure. would get them the extra distance. So you need Give the guys to advantage. just bomb it down yep. there. Yep. So they still have a wedge in their hands. So absolutely. I mean, uh, weather's a, a huge factor in, in uh, this tournament, and especially if we're doing dailies, um, which is another fun little little side to side hustle there. So um, we kind of touched on it, but as far as players that are going to benefit on this is um, accuracy off the tee. I mean, the it's kind of a, well, it's Bermuda, obviously Bermuda grass. So you get the, the bun- heavy bunkered course, um, Bermuda grass greens. Um, you're going to need some sharp irons coming into, into the greens. And I don't know what you have on there. That's Chuck, exactly that's, right. Yeah. You hit on it. Those are the three. Yep. Accuracy off tee. And I'm going off that course history taking a look at some of the articles out there and that's the number one um, data point to be looking at is accuracy on yeah. accuracy FT and then wind players. So you guys, I, if you can identify good wind players, is it those maybe that are from like a Texas? That's or, exactly where I'm going. Texas yeah. and, and, and European guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, the links, the guys that like link style golf yep. perform all over Sheamus, there. Perhaps. He's on, my, so, he's he's on, on my, my list actually yeah. too. <laughs> so he's the only player ranked in, uh, in the top world golf rankings in the field. He's the only one ranked. Is that a fact? That's a fact. Really? Ranked in the what? OWGR official world golf rankings. How many, how many top spots? Well, there's no, these guys are ranked. I, my, it's, it's top, top. I, the, the top 50, it must be like, I don't know what his ranking is. Top 100 or whatever. Um, Hmm. so he's, he's the, the top player, uh, ranked player, top ranked player, Seamus power. Okay. Yeah. Um, Okay. That makes more sense. I I like, I like that. Um, he was on my players to watch. I didn't get him on my team. So you guys can settle down. Oh, you didn't. I didn't. Could be a mistake, but uh-huh. I, I'm going. Uh, my my method changed a little bit from last week. Okay, clearing off the statistical approach. Um, other guys I got um, to watch. Luke Donald makes a reappearance, um, statistically in the top five of strokes strokes gained approach for the tournament. So, um, saw an interview with him today. It's kind of uh, good to see him reappear every now and again. Mm-hmm. Um, Akshay Batia. He was uh, one of the greats on the Corn Ferry Tour last year. Really made his mark. He made a splash. I think he made a run at uh, one of the regular season tournaments last year. Um, great guy. I think uh, had his girlfriend caddying for him at the time, and he's really laid back. Fun guy to watch, um, but a great ball striker as well. Um, and Mark Hubbard, I got him on there. I know I mentioned him early. It might have been like the second tournament. Um, another key player to watch, but I'm high on Mark Hubbard. Um just a all around good dude. And um, a couple of my points were he makes, he scores a lot of fantasy points and mm-hmm. uh, he makes a lot of cuts. And some of those cuts like turn it. into top tens. So um, not to get into my lineup, but 
that's a little preview into some of the players to watch. Again, one of the weakest fields of the year. So not saying slim pickings here, but yeah. probably some unfamiliar faces for people when mm-hmm. they're looking at, at lineups for this event. That's right. Yeah, some of these guys you're looking and going, ooh, like probably Corn Ferry experience maybe. A lot of Corn Ferry yep. Yep. experience. So I'm going, are we going through lineups? Let's go through it. Yeah, strategy, winners strategy. first. Winners first. So my strategy on this, guys, is I'm going strong course history. Guys that mm-hmm. have played, seem to play here each year and have pretty good track record. So I am going to go with Mr. Power. I like that guy. Um, Russell Knox. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make my lineup very often because he's a pretty short hater. Matter of fact, I might even be able to outbomb him. Oh, but boy. I know that's saying something. <laughs> but he uh, plays well there because he hits it nice and straight. Um, and then I've got uh, Rogers, Mr. Patrick Rogers. Kenny. So he's uh, Karen, Kenny's son, nephew, or something. And then uh, Steward. Okay, S-T-U-A-R-D, Steward. I've seen him. Plays well at 7K. That leaves me with 69 per player. Slim picking. So we got three left. Is that right? Did we hit Nope, I, got, I hit four. Rogers, okay, so Knox, Steward, and Power. Two left for 69. And I All went right. back to back. These guys, and I, he might have the most famous or infamous putting reading uh, style in the history of the PGA. Yeah. Do you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, the guy that gets down on his Spider-Man. Hands. Yeah. Villius, Villages, how do you pronounce Camille that? Neil Villegas. Is that how you do it? And that's how I say it. Yeah. So he's 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 a he's a veteran. When you look oh, yeah. at these guys that are a lot of them are corn fairy. So I'm going two wily veterans to to round off my feet. And then Aaron Badalay. Yep. Mm. Now Badalay, if you look at his last uh last three events, top thirties, two of them were in Corn Ferry. But he was out on uh, his last PGA event was the Fortnite that just took place a couple of weeks ago. He was thirty oh, sixth, yeah. okay, in a solid field. You mean, you I think this that. field is a lot less talent wise than that that tournament. So I'm banking on so a good value game. value pick for the experience he's got in there. I'm hoping so, LJ. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah, that's that's it, Mark. What do you got? Well, I yeah, I did a mix. A mix of, mix of course experience and then wind, wind players. I think it's going to be it's going to be blowing out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, in no particular order, here's a veteran play, a guy that doesn't hit it, similar to your Knox pick, mm-hmm. Brian Gay. Oh yes, the guy is a cut machine. He does. He's a workhorse. We we mention workhorses. I think every every episode. So you know he's coming off an injury. Um, no. Yeah. Well. Yeah. He's made 14 of 14 cuts, but that was previous prior to the injury. What's the injury? Well, let me pull it up again because I also looked him up. And then when I clicked on him, I'm like, ooh, yeah, it's first event. There's lost his left injury. arm. What I mean, what was the because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's you keep going, I'll look it okay. up. Okay. Then I went with a veteran move that also saved me a boatload of cash because he's at six thousand dollars. That's like you scroll all the way down to the bottom for six thousand. Played in the wind. In college at TCU, none other than Jay Henry. Oh my! Who? He 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 played uh, there, and there's there's no news for him. That's not a good sign. No news is. He's got no zero news. top tens, zero cuts. Made, Some say zero. no news is good news, news, though. So I, you know, optimistically. Okay. Yeah. Um, JJ Henry. Okay. JJ. 
JJ. He's a little old, older than Andy uh, Doden, played at uh, TCU. JJ is a great win player. He like just it. is. Okay. I like it. Uh, can we go back to Mr. Yep. Brian Gay? Brian Gay. They, according to the DraftKings, um, Gay is is back after being sidelined since a withdrawal at the Wyndham Championship due to a wrist injury. Mm. Mm-hmm. I might have to reconsider that. Seamus Power, we talked about. The guy grew up playing in the wind. Excellent wind player. Somebody that's not on many radars anymore. And he he floats in, floats out. When he plays well, he's great. Eric Van Royen. Ah, mm, I was yeah. hoping to get out of here without matching any of you guys, but he's uh he's University of Minnesota yeah. guy, came up, played North Dakota Open a number of times. He's South amateur. African. South African. Yeah, yeah. yeah South African. Mm-hmm. Um, funny mustache, short pants. He funny mustache, short pants. Yep. Um, it's a great reason to draft a guy. I like that. <laughs> yep. And his caddy single-handedly dismantled my best mall partner, Greg McCullough, and I once in a Minnesota four ball. His current caddy? His current caddy. Wow. Yeah. Played with him at the University of Minnesota. Um, so I like Van Royen just from, I think he has the capabilities of being in this field. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he He's a he's a very good ball strider, striker. I have a rookie. Then I have got a couple rookies. I've got... Uh, S. Kim, and his name is Siong Young Young Kim. And I'm saying that, I'm trying to pronounce it. I practiced it and everything. Siong Young I could Young. tell. I got him Kim. on my team too. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. Um, his fantasy points per game are mm-hmm. super high. Um, he's he's played well, tied for 36, tied for three, uh, 13th. Um, he, he's got a lot of game. And he's a good value. Um and then some, some, somebody called G Sig. I think he's a rookie too. S I G. Yep. G. Okay. Mm. And again, I went with the fantasy points. So there's a strategy. I mm-hmm. went with a couple of guys that are good win players, a couple of veterans. And then I looked at rookies with this uh, fantasy points per game. Mm-hmm. Very high. They're making a lot of birdies. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. On a field like this, I'm I'm a little out of my element because I love tracking guys that play well. Yeah, and I play the hot hand coming into the coming into the week. But a lot of those guys aren't playing. They, they they're taking the break. You're right. So this might be a week where I, I put in my team and take a flyer, and, and then I'm playing some dailies. Mm-hmm. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna look at tee times yeah. and I'm gonna play dailies. There you go. And that's a, the teams yep. we're picking here. We're getting this in before the deadline, so these are week long yep. teams. These are not a daily. Correct. Team. Yep. For those listening, this is a, a week-long team. So I'm a little biased because I got two of those guys on my on my team, Mark Hubbard and uh, Seung Young Kim. I think you missed one of the Youngs. Hey, there's multiple Youngs. Seung Young Young Kim. Yeah, it's, it's Kim. S. Kim. S. Kim. Um, yeah, great. Uh, he's a great ball striker. I've got top five in strokes gained total going into this tournament. So the guy's nice got uh, research, guys. He's uh, He's on it. I also went on the cut cut maker, and then uh, Eric Van Royen, top five in strokes gained approach as well. So I'm in it. I, I like those two picks. My uh, my top end, I went Mark Hubbard at ten thousand. I kind of talked about him before, but the combination of the high fantasy points and the cuts made with the top tens, I liked him on the end. I'm also um, instead of going statistical approach, I'm hammering the cuts made, especially on the low end. So I went CT Pan seventy three hundred. Cuts made. He hasn't played a ton, but he's four for four with one top ten. I like it. Okay. And then uh, a 
decent fantasy points, 70 points per game, per mm-hmm. game. so mm-hmm. decent there. 7,300, not bad on that. And then I went uh, Joseph Bromlett, who, again, fits the mold of Cutsmane. He's at, uh, let's see, where where is he at? He's at uh, 7,500, 81 points per game. Mm-hmm. Five of six in the cut with one top ten. So Joseph Bromlett, I like that. Fits my mold, Cutsmane. And then uh, I got another hard one to to pronounce here. So it's uh, Zhechang Du. D-O-O? D-O-U. Dao. Oh, Dao. Okay. 7,600 points per game in the cuts made. He's 19 to 25 with six top tens. Corn Fairy? Corn Fairy. Okay. Yeah. I I believe. All right. So So you you, you certainly went in with a strategy there, LJ, in that it was cuts made. Yeah. Right? And then also looking at those fantasy points per. Right. Yep. Solid. That was, that, was a, that was, that was, yep. And Mark, you're, you're looking more, uh, some wind players, guys that you think, you know, that are strong wind and then fantasy points. I also heard you say, right? Correct. And there's some strokes gain back data that backs yep. up some of these guys. Yep. You know, what I intrigued me about Brian Gay is in the last three years there, oh. good wrist, assuming yeah. <laughs> T12, a win in T3. I like that. He plays really well there. Yes. If he's in the field, He's a, he's, I, I would hope he's capable of playing if he's yep. got himself registered. Pulling a Kucher. Kucher on Kucher you. doesn't even tee it up. But I'm, will, I'm, willing to, machines. <laughs> I'm willing to take that risk with, with I Brian like that. Yep. with his history. Having to be low owned because people like me are seeing that wrist injury. The injury. not putting him on. Right. He but plays that well. Was, you got a what, leg up. What was the, when was that injury? Because that was a while. The, the Wyndham. That was a while ago, wasn't Whenever it? that was. The Wyndham. So yeah. hopefully he's back and able to play a little bit. He missed the uh, okay. No, yeah, it doesn't say when. Sorry, Wyndham. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so this will be interesting. I, another different be, field, another different type of tournament. This will really test our DraftKings ability. Here. Well, it, yeah, and this is a tricky one, like with the field and little weaker groups. So I like your guys's point, or Mark, I think you said it is probably th- throw more, more dailies in, right? Just yep. throw one or two of these four day lineups, but then play a Saturday deal. Once you see who's made the cut. Yeah. Looking maybe at tea times and weather. Tea times and weather. That's yep. kind of the big uh, big takeaway on today. Tea yep. times and weather. Um, yeah, it's going to be a fun, fun follow along. Um, yeah, we're getting it out a little late. Should be out uh, by the end of Wednesday. Um, we're recording this Wednesday afternoon. So follow along. Try and get a team in there for the week. If not, get some dailies in there. Um, stay tuned. Fun fact, we are now on Spotify. So if you're listening on YouTube, hop over to Spotify under Sweet Shots Podcast. That's where you're going to find it. We've got all, uh, this will be our fourth episode on there, I think, fourth or fifth. Um, We'll throw those on there. Um, Hop over there. Um, I don't know. I don't, I'm an Apple music guy, so I don't use Spotify. I don't know if you subscribe to that or. I don't know. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not on that. I'm going to know. Yeah, I'm going to. Getting, getting Spotify. This is over. I'm going over there. Right away. Well, before we. uh, I, I need to uh, say thanks to Pat for sitting in the seat last week and filling in for me while you I better. was at the it CJ. Was, it was at the end of that episode. It was like I don't know if yeah, Chuck's gonna I'm make a, the cut here. That's kind of what I was thinking. That's yeah. It was risky to say yeah, Pat. Why don't you sit in for me? Because the guy's pretty witty. He did. He tried to pick a team for you. I don't know if he caught that. The funny name team. Okay. No. I missed it. You have a lot of money left over from last week <laughs> on the budget that oh. he gave you. Okay. All right. 
We had, uh, what was the highlight of that? Fuzzy Zeller was on there. Oh, yeah. Why not? He's a gamer. Lee <laughs> Trevino. You name it. Lee okay. wasn't on there. Anyway. We'll, we'll have Pat back on as a guest. Yep. He'll be back. Cool. He'll be back. We'll we get, have more to talk about with Pat. We didn't get to some of We didn't stuff. get yeah. to a lot of that. His true so talents. We're going to start getting a rotating uh, uh, guest list going. Uh, so Pat will be back. Looking forward to that. Again, get on Spotify, subscribe or whatever the deal is. Um, and tune in next week. See the results of uh, these highly anticipated DraftKings lineups. So thanks for tuning in and uh, we'll see you next time.